Welcome back to the BDSM show. That's Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness. I'm Billy. I am Devo, and uh, you can always find us on Twitter at BDSM Show or on Facebook.com slash BDSM Show. Uh, so we got a we got a packed episode for you guys uh, today. We are going to get right into fantasy football. Um, I um, should have probably gotten an F in the draft. Uh, rather than a D, because as it was pointed out to me, somewhere around the end of the first quarter in the Monday night football game, my kicker uh, had been dropped two days previous to our draft. So for those of you scoring at home, I did draft two kickers in our first draft, both of which did not play in week one. Smooth. So, uh, so yeah, it was a pretty uh, pretty uh, bonehead thing, and I got totally outcoached by uh, Bill Belichick. Um, A.K.A. Black Jesus. Thanks, Kevin, for um, that uh, less life lesson uh, <laughs> to check and not wait for Yahoo to put a little exclamation point next to my player uh, when they've retired and or been banned for the season and or tested positive for Molly. So um, I lost this week, although I'm going to be honest with you, I put up a heck of a fight for nine players and a D in the draft. So um, I'm going to throw it over to you, Billy, and you can kind of give us a rundown of uh, of how everybody else did. Well, uh, in addition to you losing, uh, we have an all-losing uh, co-host duo here. Uh, I lost in week one. I believe the final count was, you know, by like 15 points, something like that. However, I really feel like I beat myself. Uh, I took Martellus Bennett and uh, – with. Uh, LaDavion Bell out of my starting lineup before Thursday Night Football. I subbed in subbed in Percy Harvin because I thought, hey, Packers don't play defense. This will be fantastic. He'll do pretty well. And he did. He did 15 points. But uh, I subbed out LaDavion Bell for him, and Mr. Bell had 31 points. So That's a pretty good show. Swapping those two out alone would have at least tied me. And then Martellus Bennett, uh, I subbed it out for uh, Jordan Reed because I figured I want to play um, RG3 this week as uh, he had on paper the best defensive matchup playing the Texans who were like one of the worst defenses in the league last year and it kind of bit me in the butt. Uh, RG3 did okay. He didn't throw any touchdowns but Jordan Reed, I don't even know if he got me two points uh, so basically, you could go ahead and sub out 17 points and plug in uh, 52, and I would have won. So I feel like I beat myself. Uh, I feel like I won't be letting that happen again. Uh, I, I also I'm not going to. I also had the conundrum of uh, Jason's team has a few players from my money league team, and. The guy that I'm playing in my money league has a few of the guys that I have on my team in our league. So it was like I was almost rooting for Jason just to beat the hell out of me this week. So then I went 1-0 in my money league. As it turns out, I am over 2 so far this season. So fantastic start, but I do think it'll get better. Uh, I'm pretty confident in both teams to turn it around. So uh, in other league action... 
Uh, Leilani actually had the high score of the week, putting a smackdown on uh, Beats by Ray. Kind of ironic. And that would be Mr. Midkiff. Uh, Crambone beat uh, your buddy Alan. And Justin, Justin put a hurting on TJ. So thankfully, TJ had the lowest score. Uh, yeah, thankfully, I was I was just gonna mention. Thankfully, you know, I didn't even with my bonehead move uh, leaving fifty points on the bench. I did not end up with the lowest score in the league, uh, just the second lowest. So <laughs> I'm not in the cellar. Thank Jesus. Uh, even Cold. Black Jesus. No, don't thank Black <laughs> Jesus. You leave him out of this. Sure, sure. So uh, going into week two, we have a, a clash of the titans, if you will. We have uh, <laughs> B versus D. Uh, that would be, if you're not picking up on the hints, that would be me versus uh, my stunning co-host, Devo. The innuendo. I am, um, I am planning on giving the D to the D in BDSM. Uh, okay, I know the projections. The projections, you know, they are what they are. It's you know, basically a Vegas line, uh, and those don't always work out well. So the projections you can't always just strictly go by, uh, but they do have me favored. I'm going to go ahead and go with my squad. Um, the next matchup on the list, we have Kevin going up against TJ, and the. Stat projections actually favor TJ, but uh, I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to pick Kevin to, to move on to 2-0. and Yeah, I would pick the uh, Fantasy Belichick yeah. or TJ. Sorry, TJ. And uh, Kevin's better half, uh, Leilani, is actually playing Jason. So uh, you do have like a for-real clash of titans there, uh, a pair of undefeated teams, and one will come out of the week not undefeated. It will come out defeated. Um, the projections actually favor Jason. And looking at the matchups, I actually I like the projections. I'm going to go with Jason. Sorry, Leilani. Don't beat me. Uh, then we have uh, the Grudenators, your buddy Alan, going up against Midkiff. And Alan is favored. And I'm actually, after looking at the matchups, I'm going to roll with Alan this week. And... The last matchup we have currently, uh, the last matchup is Justin versus Crambone, and currently the projections favor Justin, but uh, I see a few minor tweaks, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna help him. But uh, yeah, where were you last week? By the way, there there are some things that Crambone can do that would clearly put his team out in front, um, and I'm sure he'll be looking at it this week, but. Uh, assuming he makes those changes, I would have to roll with Crambone. Assuming he doesn't, I would have to roll with Justin. So uh, last week I was actually three for five, and if I had not screwed myself, I would have been four for five. So uh, hopefully I can go five for five this week. Yeah, I I, um, I hope you go um, four for five. Uh, that first matchup, I don't think you you got quite right. Um, so. I um, also, if you happen to have a guy by the name of Ray Rice, I don't know if you know he's in the uh, he's in the news. Uh, you may want to bench him. Uh, I don't know. Tr- he might be worth he might be worth a uh, a pickup off the waiver waiver wire. Uh, I've heard he he packs quite a punch in the red zone. <laughs> 
the old one-two combo. Oh, yeah. He's really fast. Like, sometimes the cameras can barely see it fast. Yes. Um, I, um, I would say you probably want to bench him if you want to try and wait out his uh, uh, league issues. Um, and if you didn't get a chance to watch the video, it's pretty wild. Did you see it? I did. It. I. I only watched it a couple times. It's kind of disturbing. He smacked the shit out of that girl. Sorry for cursing. Oh man, he he, and it was like lightning quick. Like one frame, his <laughs> his hand is at his side, and the next frame, his hand is still at his side, but she's asleep on the ground. <laughs> she's asleep on the floor. She hit her head on the rail, like you know, a little handbar inside the elevator. Yeah. Uh, she bashed her head pretty good, and then. And then this Prince Charming, uh, you know, tries to take her out of the elevator like a goddamn caveman. Yeah, like, like scoops like her up under savage. the arms, and he's, like, yeah. dragging her out. And then someone's walking down the hallway, and he, like, drops her. And it's like, oh. Uh, she's not with me. I definitely didn't hit her. She fell asleep. It's been a long night. I tell you what, if it's me, I scoop her up and look like a hero. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she had a little too much to drink down the bar. We're going to go back to the uh, room. And then I call the NFL attorneys, and I'm like, uh, I need your help. Yeah, although I think Devin, if it were you, uh, hands would be not have been thrown. Floor. <laughs> yeah, you might have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, It'd be like he was like, oh, uh, running back Devin Adela was knocked out by his girlfriend and in, in the elevator, and she tried to drag him out like a cave woman. Yeah, I just what disturbs me is, you know, they went through this, and she must not remember much of it. Because she still married him. Did she really? Yeah, which, like, they were engaged at the time. No and she still married him. And then they had this big press conference, you know, when it initially came out. The video of him dragging her out of the elevator came out. Um, you know, they had this big press conference where they made her sit up at the table next to him and take all these questions. And, you know, she took some of the blame, said, you know, it's it's my fault too, and blah, 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 blah. I you know I don't care what she did short of stabbing him or you know cutting off his uh his Johnson in his sleep there I don't I don't see any justification for like, a pro athlete 5'8 220 pounds of just pure muscle throwing fist you know like there's no reason for him to punch her let alone in the face, and knock her out cold. And she may have hit that rail. She was asleep before she hit that rail. Oh, yeah. She was out cold. Um, But she she still married him, and then they came out today, and part of what she said I agree with in that, you know, the media and everybody is making them relive this moment. And I can't imagine it's easy for her where, you know – even like the not sports networks, you know, CNN had this yeah, thing on loop, man. Like, I I just, it, it's uncomfortable. And I don't think it's fair for her to have to watch that over and over again. I don't care if it's fair to him to have to watch it over and over again because he's a, a piece of crap as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I just, I have a very low tolerance for violence against women. And I just, I can't, going forward... I can't sympathize with her if it happens again because yeah some some responsibility to get yourself out of the situation like if your house is on fire you go outside you know like it just that's what you yeah. do to preserve yourself and I I just feel like I I wouldn't go so far as you know Stephen A Smith was saying we have to talk to our women about how we can not put ourselves in this situation 
you know, in the first time, I'm not going to say she should have done everything to avoid that. You know, she should have been like, yes, sir, can I get you an apple pie, sir? You know, thank you for hitting me, sir. May I have another? I apologize for talking back. Yeah, but, but my view on this is if you've done this before, yeah, you'll do it again. That's like a thing for you. Like you you've broken that seal. You know, it's like when you, you've drank too much. And once right. you break the seal, you're going all night. Yeah, you, you have to pull over on the way home. Yeah, if you've gotten to a point, whether it was drunk, sober, doesn't matter. Because guess what? If he was drunk, he's going to get drunk again. Right. If you get to that point where you can be so pissed off at her for whatever reason that you're going to punch her in the face, you would do it again. He didn't even look hot in the video, though. He just looked like he was just like... You know, trying to teach her a lesson, like, oh, you take a swing at me, and I'll duck it, and here's a little counter, and uh-oh, yeah. now she's asleep. Yeah, and see, even watching the video, like, he instigated the contact, and then backed yeah. up to the other side of the elevator. Like, why, why wouldn't she be walking at him? And then to just throw the punch, I, I just, it's disgusting. And what bothers me the most is the NFL trying to say, well... We didn't have this video available to us when we right, suspended right. him for two games the first time. Well, you know what you did have available to you? The video of her, him dragging her out, essentially looking like she's dead. Right. You know, like a sack of potatoes. So, I mean, what did you think? Like, they were arguing and he pushed her down and she bumped her head on the floor and ended up like that? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, for God's sakes, Goodell, you're the commissioner of a league where you see players getting knocked out cold. All the time. Where you've now got, you know, Doctors, all kinds of yeah. lawsuits and stuff surrounding you because you've let this go on. People, you, you know what a concussion looks like. You know what someone being knocked out cold looks like. You can't look at that video and think, well, she just fell down and bumped her head. And You know what I feel like? I feel like sometimes the NFL fails these players. Um, you know, they go from having probably close to nothing most of these guys not everybody has you know manzel money to start with exactly but uh you know some of these guys get you know full ride scholarships and they hardly know how to deal with going to school for free and getting free food and free room and free t-shirts you know like they hardly can deal with that you know and they're chomping at the bit to trade their cleats for tattoos and you know they're going to sign eight by tens for you know uh, autograph brokers and yep. so then you take it to the next level and the guys that are really good you give them millions and millions of dollars and they have no idea how to deal with it yeah. you know what i mean like they've never had a real job in their life you know because they've always played sports in high school they played sports in college they played sports so the guy never had a job you know he's never had like a legit income yeah you know and then you throw millions of dollars at them and you know and they have a one-day class you know probably like some rookie symposium where they're like Hey, gang, you know, uh, in the off season, it's probably a bad idea to buy a mountain of cocaine and, you know, weed for all of your buddies. Yeah. And it's probably a bad idea to, uh, you know, just run hookers straight, you know, five days a week. Yeah. Um, I feel like they need, like, a life coach or something, you know, like a psychologist to, like, watch them and keep an eye on them and make sure they're not being, like, destructive, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe they're just not, you know, responsible enough for uh, to have that kind of money, so... I would love to see something like, you know, something like that come around where it's like, hey, Ray, I noticed that you're a little on edge lately. What's uh, what's up, buddy? What, what can we do to to help you out, you know? Yeah. Because um, I'm sure there's a tremendous amount of pressure, too, coming out of college. Um, you know, some of these guys, 
you know, there's so much pressure for them to perform on day one. You know, they've got, you know, $10 million signing bonuses or whatever. I don't know whatever the rookie maximums are. But uh, I can't imagine the pressure they're under. I mean, you're getting paid millions of dollars, so you should be able to deal with it. But clearly they can't. You know, yeah. so, you know, most of them can, but a lot of them can't. So that's what I'd be kind of curious to be with a fly on the wall when, you know, Goodell talks to the rookie class of, you know, 2014 and explains to them how millionaires are supposed to act. So... Yeah, I just I I I think at this point uh I think there's already people calling now for Goodell's head because he clearly mishandled the crap out of this. When you've got guys who, you know, your first drug offense is a four-game suspension. And you know, Wes Welker found that out. Popping Molly's will get you four games uh, at the Kentucky Derby and he's on my fantasy team jerk off. Yeah, it, getting <laughs> getting caught with pot, first time offense, like four games. Why would domestic violence? Yeah, punching your girlfriend less, to sleep. Yeah, why wouldn't that be less than you know when someone gets caught with pot? Who who does pot hurt? Right. If anything, you know? it's a performance detractor. Guess what? Because you know, it if makes you lazy and fat. If Ray Rice had been on pot, he probably wouldn't have knocked his wife out. I'd still be in the hotel room eating wings. Yeah, exactly. So I, they had the priorities extremely messed up. And then to come out, uh, you know, I think Monday it was when they announced the suspension. Uh, to say he's suspended indefinitely after just last week, after getting hammered for a month on why this guy was only suspended two games, you come out this week, this is you know, past week or so, and, well, okay, first offense is six games and or eight games or whatever it was, and then the next offense is lifetime ban. And this is this guy's first offense, and you jump him straight from two games to lifetime ban. Yeah, I like, agree. I, now you're a like double this. hypocrite. Now you look like a complete idiot. It was a complete knee-jerk reaction. The Ravens did the right thing, obviously, in cutting him because you can't – you just – you can't have that on your team. Attached to that, right? That looks terrible. Even though he was a fantastic running back. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with the Ravens cutting him. I don't think he would have ended up signing with anybody this off season unless someone like Jerry Jones did something stupid, like, "Oh, <laughs> right. he's controversial. We love controversy. Take, Let's sign I'll him." Take, I'll take a shot at him for a league minimum. Yeah, um, but for the league to to go from well we didn't think it was that bad he only dragged her out she was clearly unconscious uh she clearly just fell and bumped her head so two game suspension for him because you know he took some some uh diversion program for the courts so he didn't have to go to prison over this uh we'll give him two games and that's fair but then oh people hate that because we've got people doing you know smoking pot and getting suspended for way longer than that well, let's make let's come up with a standard. Half a season for first offense, the rest of your life for the second offense. And, well, now we see this video, and now it's really bad. So we're just going to skip all the rules we just made, and he's suspended indefinitely. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely think that Goodell didn't handle it well. I mean, I like the new rules now. Uh, yes. But the Ray Rice thing, I think he should have been kind of like a grandfather case. Go ahead and up him to the six or eight game, you know, for the first offense. 
Uh, unless it's not his first offense, you know, maybe they know more than we do. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, they're um, claiming to not have known this other video suggest or was out there existed. So, um, I I would have a hard time believing that they know more about Ray Rice. Um, I do think they had to have seen this video before. There's no way they didn't. And They're, the other thing to think about is like, this is one guy who got in an elevator with his fiance that happened to have a camera on it. Yeah. You know, I wonder how prevalent this is with other players, even for him, you know, when he's not in front of a camera or other players who, you know, are all roid raged out and testosterone up, uh, you know, roughing up their girlfriends or wives yeah. or whatever. I, I would hope for humanity's sake, you know, it doesn't happen that often. Apparently right. that uh, that San Francisco player who got arrested for domestic violence like a week after the new policy came out, um, I guess they're still waiting for that to play out, you know, legally before they make a decision on punishing him. But uh, I, I heard on one of the one of the local radio shows that uh, supposedly there's some holes being poked in that case. So he may end up not getting suspended or anything at all. So um, I I would imagine that this is, you know, more exception than rule. Yeah, I agree. I hope so. Um, and I am go- I'm going to move us on to the next task here. I wanted to talk a little bit about the University of South Florida. Cheer. Um, we had a chance to see USF go up against Maryland. A fantastic Maryland team, um, and at at some most of I don't know how to say we had a good look. We USF had a good look at winning that game. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. Spoiler alert! Uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch the replay or you didn't hear it on radio, um, they the defense looked great. The offense looked meh. You know. Um, they were good enough to win the game. Uh, special teams didn't look so hot. Terrible. Um, the and the the stat to 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 think about is the turnovers and the turnover ratio for that matter. Yeah. Um, South Florida um, was a plus plus five ratio and yeah. six total takeaways for the game, yep. which is enormous. Like I don't think they had six takeaways la- all of last year. Um, so, you know, that's great at to, and also to, uh, manage to lose the game, um, Not so great with a plus five ratio and six total takeaways. Uh, you really have to try to lose that game because at every opportunity you have the ball, you know, like I just, it's hard to understand how, um, now we did run with the backup quarterback. Um, you know, so bench did, I guess as good as any other backup quarterback could have done. So I just wanted to kind of hear your take, Billy, on the turnovers, on how goddamn hot it was, and um, just the game in general. What did you think? Well, as far as weather-wise, apparently I didn't realize it sitting in my seat. I thought the crowd looked a little light, but apparently the crowd looked awful. Uh, And a lot of people were saying, well, they're not coming because of the heat. Well, I... It, it was. Don't get me wrong. It was hot because it was three thirty and the sun's out of blazing. But it was actually it was overcast for most of the game, so it wasn't completely unbearable. Um, so that was nice because we generally three thirty kickoff. We don't get any let up until 
you know, six thirty, seven o'clock when the sun's going down, at least in my section in the end zone. Um, but it was nice. It was a decent, decent game weather-wise. Uh, the defense, this was the big takeaway for me. Uh, speaking of takeaways, um, I can't remember, and it may have gone all the way back to when Levitt was still here. I can't remember a time when the defense was flying around and not just playing fast, but playing physical. I mean, like the the Maryland quarterback, C.J. Brown, I think his name is, like I almost felt bad for him because that kid took a beating. I don't know. They, they I think the final stat line said three sacks. It, it feels to me like maybe there were a few runs that they weren't considering sacks because it felt like we beat up on the kid all day. Um, defensively, we, we managed to contain the big plays. Uh, I think they had two or three. One was a touchdown. They had two or three, you know, big plays, you know, chunks more than 10, 15 yards. But in large part, they didn't really do a lot. You know, like the defense just was flying around. They were hitting people. Uh, I think we had four fumble recoveries, and we had like six or seven forced you know, there was one play, this was this was kind of the, I have two shining examples here of just how, how hard we were playing. There was one play where Richard Clayette came around on, on the blitz uh, from the outside, from the quarterback's blind side, and blew him up. Like, if the kid had stayed down, laying on his face, I would not have been surprised. I was surprised he got up and wasn't completely shaken, uh, blew him up, knocked the ball loose. Maryland ended up falling on him, but it was like that. If there was one play to show like just how physical we really played, that was it. Like if they, if they still did the jacked up segment on ESPN, that would have made it for sure. Um, the other play was Nigel Harris, who actually ended up being the, AAC player of the week, defensive player of the week, because he had, I think, nine tackles, uh, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a couple tackles for loss, and a sack or something like that. Like, he just had, he filled up the stat sheet. Uh, And there was a play where they ran, uh, it might have been a play action, but the QB rolled out to his right, and he was kind of rolling with him to the flat, and at some point just decided, well, you know, I don't need to drop out anymore. I'm going to come after the quarterback. And it was like instant. Like he was on the quarterback within a second. Like the quarterback didn't even have time to respond. And, you know, that kind of showed like the speed we were playing with. Like we just, they couldn't move without someone being up their ass. And there was a time when teams played USF where they felt it you know, for the next week. Like, they they were sore. They were beat up for the next week. And I feel like Saturday was the first time in a long time where I felt like, you know, this Maryland team's going to go home and they're just going to be sore as hell. Like, they might just lose their next game because we beat on them so badly. Um, Offensively, we showed some signs of life. Uh, we did end up with Stephen Bench because Mike White got hurt on the first play, uh, finished with a 100% completion rate, and I think his quarterback rating for the game was like 200 somehow, uh, <laughs> going one for one for 12 yards will do that. Um, 
Stephen Bench, I think, played well enough to win uh, himself. He was hurt by drop passes. There were a lot of drop passes early. It seemed like every time there was a key play, he would deliver a ball. And it may not have been perfect, but, you know, as my stepdad taught me growing up, if if you can touch it, you can catch it. If you can get two hands on the ball, there's no reason you can't bring it in. And... I know Mike McFarlane, he actually set a career high for yards. Uh, he ended up with like four or five catches for 55 yards. He could have had close to 10 catches. You know, he had three or four drops. Uh, Jordan Duvall had a drop or two. Uh, Deontay Welch had a couple drops. Like uh, Taggart, I think his final count, and I don't know if this if he actually had a stat in front of him, but uh, the stat he was, the count he was thinking was like eight drop passes. And I think Bench ended up going like 14 for 37 or something like that, which doesn't look good. But you take those drops out, you know, and tack them on his completions, and he's over 50%. And who else? Who knows what else he would have done on those drives? Because it seemed like every time one of those drops happened, it killed the drive. You know, and you look at the one offensive touchdown drive, they looked like a well-oiled machine. You know, bench was thrown. It opened up the defense a little bit. Marlon Mack got a little breathing room. Uh, you know, he had a tough day. 22 carries for 75 yards or 74 yards or something like that. But Maryland stacked the box all day because they knew we couldn't beat them throwing the ball. And, yeah, it was impossible. It was, you know, eight and nine people in the box. Yeah, and that the one offensive touchdown drive, it was like it was a well-oiled machine. Receivers were catching the ball. They were getting downfield. They were getting open, and I mean they had open receivers all day. Uh, occasionally, Stephen Bench would miss them, and you know, people are are one of their concerns was that maybe he didn't have quite as accurate an arm. But I mean, for the most part, he was on his game, and he just he didn't get any help from the receivers for long stretches. And that touchdown drive, everybody's catching passes, the run plays are working, and then the only busted play that happened. You know, he dodged a sack and then scrambled for 15 yards for a touchdown. So, like, the the only really bad play on that drive ended up being a touchdown anyway. But other than that, it seemed like the offense just couldn't stop shooting itself in the foot. Special teams didn't give him any help either. Yeah, well, and as far as the defense goes, special teams didn't give them any help. Right. I mean, they, they had two touchdown drives where they started on our side of the 50. Because, like, going in... We knew you can't kick to Diggs on the kickoff because he's got the potential to take it to the house. So the first time we kicked off, what do they do? They kick it to him, and, you know, he brings it out to the 50. And like I said in the preview, man, Kloss is a jacked-up dude. Kloss made the tackle on that, and he didn't just, like, push him out of bounds. Like, he drove him out of bounds, popped him on the sideline, and they, I think, slid, you know, a couple yards after that, like he put a good licking on him. Um, punting, the one real bad punt return they had, where they they really gashed us. I I won't kill the punter or the return team or the coverage team rather too much, because it was a hell of a punt. You know, I think the the returner ended up backpedaling and catching it over his shoulder. You know, ten yards, fifteen yards deeper than where he had lined up. So it that point we just outkicked the coverage. Um but I mean in large part we 
kept kicking it to him. And it was like, they, this is the only offense they consistently had. Stop kicking it to him. And, and then, th- you know, the obvious, the obvious uh, screw-ups on special teams are the bad snap on the field goal where we would have gone into the half of the 2014 lead instead of 17-14, and then the block punt. Yeah, the block punt, I think, was the turning point for the game. Yeah, because at that point, we were still up 17-14. You know, we had gotten gone through the third quarter with no score. The The fourth quarter's rolling along. We've Trying still got a lead. The clock. Yeah. And uh, from what I heard, I couldn't, I didn't really see it from my angle, but I guess the snap was off to the side a little bit, and that put him right behind the blocker who got blown up. Yeah, and he blasted the punt right into the guy's back. Yeah, and wouldn't you know it, the damn ball rolled 30 yards into the end zone. And then stopped. Yeah, and I just don't – how many times are you going to see that? Right. You know, usually a punt gets blocked like that, whether it hits a guy, you know, an up blocker, or hits a defender flying in. It almost always dies within five ten yards, and this ball just shot out and went straight back thirty yards, right rolled into the end zone. One guy missed it, and uh, you know they had four guys, so it was like take your pick. So uh, they did. We this was also an inspiring thing for me. We had a goal line stand that was where good. they got down to the one, and we stuffed them on the first play, and you know pushed them back to the two. And they ran another play, didn't get anything, and I think it was third and two. Uh, I remember watching Todd Chandler plant on the line and thinking, "You got to do something, big guy. I mean, you got to tear through this line. We can't give up a touchdown here. The game's over. You know, there's no way we're scoring ten points or thirteen points or whatever we would have needed at that point." And uh, he he ended up blowing through the line. And chasing the dude down from behind for a loss of like four yards, and forcing the field goal. So, I and and the thing to think about with the defense is how much youth there is. You know, aside from Chris Dunkley and Todd Chandler, everybody else is is no older than juniors. I think Tayshawn Whitehurst is a junior. Uh, Rashard Clay adds a senior. So I think we have three seniors on defense. Uh, Elkino Watson's a junior. Tayshawn Whitehurst is a junior. Uh, Deadron Sanat, um, I don't know if he ended up redshirting last year, but even if he did, he's a redshirt freshman. He's a sophomore at most. Derek Calloway is a sophomore. Uh, Nigel Harris, who ended up Defensive Player of the Week, is a sophomore. Johnny Ward, who had an interception, is a sophomore. Augie Sanchez is a redshirt freshman. I mean, we just Lamar Robbins is you know a true sophomore. We have so much youth on defense; it's only going to get better. And I think even this year, like I just I don't I can't remember the last time I left a game, even where we lost, where I was excited for the next game to watch the defense. Yeah, I agree. It's you nice know, to like, have I'm a fired fast, up. a fast, hard hitting kind of look. I hate the word swagger. I hate it. It's you know cheesy, but I think in this. You know, it's kind of appropriate that there was seemed like there was a little bit of swagger there. Yeah, exactly. It, they were playing with a bad attitude, like they just they wanted to hurt somebody. And I can't remember the last game, maybe FSU in two thousand nine, where we really we came out with that attitude and we followed through with it and just hammered people. 
So that was fun to see. It was fun to watch. It was it was a fun game uh, because there haven't been many good teams that we've played to the finish like that. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a shame that we ended up losing it, but it was a good game to watch. We were picked to lose it. Yeah, and we were thirteen point dogs, you know, and we ended up losing by a touchdown. And even even down, see, they had the ball with two minutes left. All they had to do was run out the clock. And we even forced a fumble on that possession and got it back, and we just we couldn't do anything with it. So, uh, you know, it was a good game, disappointing loss, but I I did feel better after this this game than I did even after week one. Um, so that's good. I think the defense will continue to get better. The offense has to get better. It can't be worse. Um, at this point, we have eight turnovers on the season, and Skip Holtz last season, we had nine turnovers all year. So that right. should tell you something. Nice that we're rolling into week three, one away yeah. from matching last year. Yeah, so um, the next opponent on the board is NC State, and uh, I feel like we don't have to talk too much about them. Uh, to give you an idea, they've played two games so far against Georgia Southern and Old Dominion, who I didn't know had a football team. Uh, I thought they were just kind of a basketball school and uh, a women's basketball school at that. And they struggled with both. Like, this is just not a good team. They've got a solid quarterback who transferred in from Florida, but I, uh, apparently they're one of the worst rush defenses in the country. And Perfect. Yeah, hopefully that's not just because they were holding something back, you know, with a couple nail biters. Right. Um, I think the game plan is going to be to come out and, and they can try to stack the box all they want. We're just going to mash it down the throat. Um, I do see this as a win. Uh, when we did our preview, I had this as a win, both as a super fan and as a realistic fan. I think this is a very beatable team. Uh, somehow the lines came out and initially we were two and a half point dogs. And I think they, they had been in, within like a day, they were down to a point and a half because so many people were taking USF. Uh, which is surprising to see. Um, but I do think we'll win. I think Marlon Mack will get back over 100 yards. Uh, he's still the third leading rusher in the country, even That's after awesome. only getting 74 yards this last week. So, I, you know, that shows you what he did in week one. And uh, I think our defense is just I, – I have no reason to believe that they won't come out and just punch NC State in the nuts. So. I'd love – I'd like to see him win. Um, the last time I saw NC State, actually it might have been two times ago, was the Mariki Car Care Bowl. Which was that was the fun. first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this will be their third meeting, and I think they've beaten us twice, haven't they? Uh, no, actually the last time we played them was 2008, and it was a slosh pit out on the field because it was like a monsoon going. Oh, that's and right. Uh, Russell Wilson was actually a freshman that year, and I think he was hurt. He didn't end up playing that game, and they had to go with uh, Todd Beck or something like that. And and we smashed him. So, well, I'm looking forward to getting back out there in the sun, uh, soak up some nice vitamin D, uh, have a couple beers, eat some hot dogs and hamburgers, and uh, go watch us get over 500. So. Absolutely. I'm, I'm pumped. If you guys are in the area, we'll be in lot eight by the RVs. Come by and say hi. 
for sure. Um, I wanted to shift gears kind of away from sports and into like television slash cable shows. Uh, Billy and I were talking about the season premiere tonight or a couple of days ago once you listen to this of uh, the Sons of Anarchy. Um, so we wanted to kind of make a list of our top five favorite TV active TV shows, uh, you know, ones that are still on TV and they're still playing um, cable uh, broadcast, um, HBO, Netflix, whatever you like. So, um, I'll tell you what, Billy, I will start us off. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start with, uh, a cartoon called Archer. Um, this is an adult cartoon, um, that features, uh, like a 1970s esque, uh, uh, spy agency that's privately run. Uh, the main character's name is Archer. His mother owns the, uh, she's the rich lady who owns it, and it's just all about their adventures. Um, the voices on it are hilarious. Uh, the jokes on it are fantastic. Um, my wife and I could watch Archer every night. It's, you know, we watch it on Netflix pretty regularly. So Archer coming in at number five for me. Cool, cool. I, I think I've tried to watch an episode or two, could never get myself into it, but um, I have heard good things about it. Uh, my number five is a show called The League. <laughs> nice. And uh, this is uh, runs on FXX, and it's a show. It's basically just a show about dudes being dudes. You know, like it. It's about these these friends that are in a fantasy football league together, but it's not just strictly based on football. Like it. It's everything that guys talk about. You know, and, and it's just a bunch of dude humor. It's a hilarious show. Um, and, you know, I get excited for football season because it means uh, the league is on and it means Sons of Anarchy are on. And, you know, all it seems like all the good shows come on around football season. Um, but yep. the league is, is pretty awesome. And they actually, since the first season... They've actually managed to get a few big-time player cameos. J.J. Uh, Watt was a big one last season, and he actually came back for the season premiere this year. So uh, it's a pretty cool show, uh, pretty funny, and uh, just an overall pretty good show. All right. Um, also, speaking of J.J. Watt, did you see his uh, interview about his $100 million contract? I have not. So the reporter says to the to JJ, she's like, oh, so, you know, I heard this funny story about, you know, after you signed your $100 million contract, what did you do? And he's like, oh, my buddies told me I had to, I should buy something expensive. And he was like, you know, I don't know. I have everything I want. He's like, so I went on the computer and I Googled in, what do rich people buy? And uh, he's like, I wasn't really impressed with any of the answers. He's like, so... He's like, uh, you know, I just went to the gym, and apparently he seriously did go to the gym, like, at 4 a.m. after he signs this contract. He's like, I just got to treat my body right, and, you know, I'll have time to drink beers with my buddies, you know, once my football career is over. And this yeah. is like, you know, he was basically, I don't know, somebody wrote it down for him, I mean, because it was like the perfect team response, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, oh, he seems that way, too. Uh, I I saw an interview or something um Right after he signed his his big contract, you know, it was right before I think the season opener was like the week of, and he said in a pregame interview, or it might have been like the Saturday the night before, he basically said like 
he doesn't want to be that guy that they're like, oh, you know, he got his money and then fell off, you know, and faded. He got the big payday. That's all I needed. Yep. He he doesn't ever want to feel like he's overpaid. He said the the key to it is to feel like you're underpaid all the time. So that's the way he carries himself, and it shows because I mean he's a monster on the field. So yeah, the guys like he does like looks like a mongo, and he just like r- ruins people's day. Yeah. Um, my number four uh, television show. Oh, I'm gonna say another cartoon. Uh, I think the same creators as Archer. It's called Bob's Burgers. Uh, okay. So the same voice acting. Uh, hilarious show. Again, my wife and I could watch this thing. Uh, it's a very we weird pro- show. I love it. We could watch probably three seasons in a night if we really wanted to. So, uh, Bob's Burgers coming in number four. Yeah, it's it's a strange show. It's funny, but I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, the wife and I were watching it once, and kind of through most of it, we were just kind of left thinking, "What the hell?" <laughs> Like it was just like it was funny, but it was like a messed up funny. You yeah, know, it's, it's silly. It's a lot of you know fart jokes and yeah, it's awkward. It's an awkward show. Yes, I think that's it, what makes it, it funny. It felt that way. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of like awkward humor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number four <clears throat> is Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, kind of got off to a slow start in the first season last year, and. It was kind of an inconsistent airing schedule, and had I not had a DVR set to record and everything, I probably never would have knew when the hell it was airing because it seemed like they kept moving it around. Uh, This second season, I guess it's got a more concrete schedule. They're going to show it every week like they should be, and it's going to do one of those Walking Dead type things where, you know, it's got the fall season takes a month or two off in the middle and then goes to a spring season. Nice. You know, so it's got that two-part season going. And actually what they're doing now is in between what's going to bridge the gap is a show about Agent Carter, who was Captain America's love interest in the first movie. Oh, nice. So she got her own show, and that's going to kind of bridge the gap, I guess, to keep people Marvel interested. Uh, They don't actually have to do that for me. Uh, since the first Iron Man, I've kind of been like a Marvel Entertainment fanboy. Uh, I love everything about it. In the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I feel like as the season progressed, it got better. Um, towards the second half of the season, they kind of got back to a regular uh, viewing schedule. And I think that helped because once they did that, like the plot started to come to actually come together. And it built up and... Uh, they've managed to kind of sync it up with the second Thor movie that came out during the first half of the season and the second Captain America movie, which came out during the second half of the season, uh, all kind of tied in together. And I actually saw through the end of the season before I saw the Captain America uh, sequel and almost kind of spoiled it, but I kind of had an idea of what was going on anyway. Um, but it's a pretty good show, uh, and like I said, I'm a Marvel fanboy at this point. So, uh, you know, they could shit on a plate, and I'd watch it. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet, but I should check it out, especially since uh, you know you talk so high of it. Yeah, um, some of it's predictable, but it's uh, overall it's a pretty good show. My number three, um, I've got is Breaking Bad. Um, I really enjoyed 
uh, watching that. And actually, I never, I never actually finished the last season, so I got to get in there and finish that thing off. I heard it was amazing. Um, but Breaking Bad, gonna put that one down as number three on my list. It's a, it was a fun show. I enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed it as well. Yes, yeah, that's one I never really got into um, when it first started. And at this point, you know, like when they were in the last season, I'm like, I'll just wait for it to finish and, you know, cram session it. So um, I'll have to get around to that at some point because I've heard nothing but good things about it. So uh, my number three is a show called At Midnight. Uh, It's on Comedy Central, hosted by Chris Hardwick, who, if you watch The Walking Dead in the after show Talking Dead, uh, he hosts that show as well. Uh, Basically what it is is... Uh, Chris Hardwick and the team of writers scour the internet for all the dumb things that people are getting into, all the WTF kind of moments, and uh, they have comedians on. uh airs four nights a week, and they have three different comedians every night, and you know they just basically make fun of the internet. And I like it. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, it's a pretty pretty funny show to watch, and. Uh, I've actually got a few on the DVR I need to get caught up because the problem is, uh, as the name would suggest, it's on at midnight. <laughs> so um, I'm usually getting into something else at that point, whether it's eating dinner because I got home from work late or recording a podcast. Um, yeah, recording a podcast like we are now. Um, but I usually make a point to get around and watching it because it's, it's a pretty funny show. Uh, there's been times where I just about spit out food while I was watching it, so... Uh, it's pretty funny. I think you should check it out for sure. I will. Uh, that and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't seen either one of those. Um, my number two is called American Horror Stories. Okay. Um, and I love this show, and I don't like scary movies, but this one is kind of creepy more than it is scary. Yeah. Um, but I, I love it because each season is its own story. Yes. Um, you know, and that they have they carry a lot of the same actors from season to season. Uh, some big name actors like um, uh, Angela Bassett and uh, uh, what was his last one had um, Jessica Lang. She's been in all of them so far. Um, Kathy Bates. So it's just been a great um, uh, a great show. I love that they start fresh every season. So you can you know they pick a new creepy theme and they make a season out of it. So American Horror Stories. You are my number two favorite right now. Yeah, I've watched a couple episodes with Heather because she watches it, and it's like it's a really, really weird show. Yeah. I think she got into it, um, I think, what was it, the second season was The Covenant? That might have been the third, but yeah. She was intrigued by that when it started, and so she watched it, and like the first episode, she was like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's bad. And I tried to warn her because I I had heard about it. Um, I generally haven't watched it. Only because I don't really have an interest in it. I used to be into horror movies and stuff like that, and I'm not so much anymore. But it's like a weird, it's one of those WTF, what am I watching kind of weird, creepy shows. Creepy, I think creepy is the most yeah, it's creepy. The way creep to put it. Real high. Yeah. Uh, my number two is also kind of creepy, but kind of scary, but kind of not. And that is The Walking Dead. Um, Obviously, it's one of the more popular shows, uh, I would say, with uh, Breaking Bad off the air. Now, it's probably at top two cable popular cable TV shows now. 
Uh, I know most of last season they were pulling in like 10 million viewers every night, every weeknight, you know, or every week when it was airing. Um, I what I did is the first season was like six episodes, and I caught most of them on the internet, and I was hooked. And about halfway through season two, I bought the comic, uh, a big uh, saturation collection of the comic, like the first half of what they had already, you know, like printed. Graphic and so novel I, deal. I, I must have read that in like three days, and it was like I, it had to have been two, three hundred pages easy. And you know, it's easy reading, obviously, because there's like six sentences on a page. But I flew through it, and and it's fun for me to watch the show and see in which ways it's similar and in which ways it's not. Because if they had followed the comic like to a T, they'd have already caught up, and they'd be making their own you know storylines out of it at this point. And they've kind of taken some parts of the comic and stretched them out, you know, to a full season from maybe three issues. And some of it they've fallen like word for word. Some of it's predictable. And I'll give them this. There's been times where I thought for sure, you know, this character wouldn't die because they're still in the comic. And they're, right. they're a key player in the comic. And next episode, pff, done. So, I mean, they're not afraid to kill off big characters. Um, I know they lost a lot of people with some slower episodes, uh, I believe, in season three and some of last season. But I just... Because it's not, I know people wanted more zombies, but the show itself is not just about zombies. You know, it's it's about the people involved right. in the relationships there and survival, and yeah. The depth of the characters and there's been long stretches where it was absolutely nothing about zombies. But uh, from what I've heard, season five opens up I think next month, uh, towards the middle of October, and from what I've heard, they're they're gonna get be getting back to zombies uh, being a big threat. So um, I'm excited for season five and, uh, you know, can't wait. My number one right now, this is the show that I love the most right now, uh, actively on is Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, it is an HBO movie uh, show. It's uh, brilliantly written. It's very intricate. There's probably... 20 main characters or, you know it's probably 10 but there's probably 20 major characters in it and yeah. they're, how their stories all interweave together um, apparently this series is still being written by the author uh, it's a book turned you know series um, but I love it there's tons of cursing there's tons of uh, you know violence and nudity and um, you know jokes and it's uh, everything that I could ask for a, uh, in, a in a show so um, I've heard there's a lot of ding dongs. There is a fair amount of wieners. I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> that's that's your favorite part, but right? really, it's you know, it's not a turn off. Yeah. But it's not a turn on. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Um, it's like neutral, like right, it's not right, right. Yeah, okay. Put you off, wiener. but you're comfortable. See, it means you're comfortable with yourself. Right. Like you can go. You. Hmm. He's got a nice penis, yeah. but I'm not attracted to it. Yep. That guy's got a giant wiener. Um, there, <laughs> there is, um, that you know they do a great job of of you know growing the characters and you know some characters that you loved in the beginning, some characters people hated, 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 
uh, and they are not afraid to kill people off in this show. So, yeah, um, I was going to say I haven't really seen it, but that's kind of what I've I've taken from. Yeah, no one is safe. Seeing like comments from from our <laughs> friends that yeah. you know that do watch the show religiously, like, oh my god, I can't believe they killed him. Yep, great show. So if you get and a chance see, to watch it, you should. I think that's that's one of the keys to a great show is you've you've got to be able to you've got to not be afraid to do things like that. You know, like that, that's that's what keeps viewers on their toes, right? And it, it you know, if you're afraid to kill uh, a certain echelon of characters, well, then you know, when when you go to write a plot, you go to write you know an episode where this person's in danger, well, you know, they're not going to die. Yeah, in the back you of know? my mind, I'm not too nervous because he's safe; he's the main character. But exactly. in Game of Thrones, you know, there's no way you can kill him. If there's a stressful scene, it's like, oh my god, please don't let you know Jamie die in this scene. Please don't. Yeah. Uh, so it's awesome. I, I enjoy it. Okay. Well, my number one, and I'm amazed we did not have one single show in common. I know what your uh, number one is, and I almost put it on my list, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to leave it on there for you. I don't want to like steal your thunder. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and speaking of thunder. Your Harlem uh, thunder. My uh, my number one show is the, the show that got us thinking about doing this top right. five. Uh, that would be Sons of Anarchy. Um, I jumped in. Uh, when I started watching it, it was, it was a few episodes into season two. So I got on the web and Cram Session Season 1 finished it in like three days because I was hooked instantly. Um, season 2, watched religiously. I've been watching religiously ever since. Like, There's been very few shows where I will watch every single episode, and if I don't watch it within the first day that it, it aired, like I get antsy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I've got a, It's recording right now. There's a two-and-a-half-hour episode, season premiere, and... All day I've been thinking, well, I'm recording the podcast tonight, so I've got to etch out two and a half hours somewhere, uh, you know, between when we record and some point Wednesday, and I still got to edit the show Wednesday, so I got to do something productive. Where am I going to squeeze these two and a half hours in? Because I have to. You got to get uh, it in. Don't want to get spoiled be, tomorrow. Yeah. I don't want to roll on Facebook and so-and-so says this, and then I'm like, well, God damn it. Yep. You know? It's it's another one of those shows where they're not afraid to kill off people. I yeah that that show they killed a lot of people that I didn't think were going to be killed like yeah you know, uh, OC originals or whatever you know and and uh, Kurt Sutter or Suter I don't know how he pronounces it I'm going to go with Kurt Sutter uh, he does a good job of he'll lead you down one path and then when you get to the end of the path you know he drops the the trap door on you. And it's completely different than what you thought was going to happen. You know, like, it, it, he's just, he's got a way of keeping people on their toes. Like, you know for sure, well, this is going to happen. And then all of a sudden the episode's over, and you go, holy crap, did that just happen? You know, so I, he's done a good job of keeping it fresh. Um, it's not all just about motorcycle violence and, and stuff like that. Um there's a lot of really fun aspects to the show. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, I'm a, a big fan of. Uh, I know they cast him for Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm really glad he backed out or they cut him or whatever because I can't see him in that role. Right. Um, I just I don't think I can ever see him in another role outside of being a biker dude. 
yeah, the, the old VP slash P of the uh, of the club there. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great. It's a great show. Um, I love Ron Perlman in that show. Like, it's one of those guys you just like love to hate. It's like, and um, what is uh, the the gal who played on? Um, it was Al Bundy's wife. What the hell? Yes, um, Katie Siegel. Is that's. Siegel or Segel Segel yeah. I don't know how it's pronounced she's, but she's great too you, she you know you never know if she's coming or going and yeah. um she does she's a, a fantastic actress job. yep she which does. I didn't realize until this show came around like just how really good uh, an actress she really is married with children that's what I was looking for yeah was, there you she go she was the wife and married with children and she was like a ditz and then this one she's a total different person she's like a mob boss yep Oh, Jimmy Smith is in it. I love Jimmy Smith. He's he comes yeah. on some of the later uh, later episodes. So absolutely, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I think I think the first three episodes or three seasons are on Netflix or something. So um, there's there are episodes online for you for you to find. So you can find them if you look hard enough. Yeah, and the thing I like about Sons of Anarchy, um, they're not afraid to air really long episodes. You know, like some shows, Walking Dead. When they come back for the season premiere, if there's ever an episode you want to have an hour and a half, two hours, that's it. You've got 10 million people. Why not run that? Yeah. And they don't. In Sons of Anarchy, it's like if he's got an episode written a certain way, he's not cutting that shit down to get it down to an hour. Right. He's going to go run it to an, an hour, hour and 10. A half. Yep. Uh, we're in season, I think it's season seven now. I don't know. It's either season seven or season eight. Regardless, last season, I think probably 60% of the episodes were like an hour and a half. And so this final season, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be that way. Most of the episodes were going to be an hour and a half. And then I went to the guide to make sure that it was still set to record from last year. And I'm rolling through and I'm like 10 to 12, 30. What the hell? Two and a half hour season premiere because Kurt Sutter is not afraid to do that. And... I have a feeling most of the season is going to be an hour and a half. Like, he's got, I don't know, 12, 13 episodes left, and he's going to maximize those. And that's just, it's another reason to love the show. Like, he's not going to cut things out that are crucial to the storyline just for the sake of making the hour time slot. And that's one of the things I love about FX is they're going to give that slot to him. You know what I mean? Like, the, the station's not trying to stifle him. Uh, and I think they've made they've had a, a terrific partnership for you know all eight seasons. And this is the last season coming up, so you're gonna have all kind, everything's on the table now, and nobody's exactly. safe uh, exactly. on the last season. So that's a, it's like so intense to watch episodes like that where you know like no one is safe. Exactly. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap us up uh, so you can get to Sons of Anarchy. Thank um, you. I did have a quote this week. I'm back to a rapper. Um, he is, this is Daryl Kevin Richardson II, also known as Lil Scrappy. And he one time said, I got money in the bank. Shoddy what you drank. So, um, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in and, uh, go Bulls. Alrighty, see you guys.